Welcome to Doc Talk. Today is episode number 37, and today I am on with my longtime friend, Bianca Johnson. So, Bianca is a native of Chicago, Illinois, and she has been in the education field for over 15 years, um, servicing both school communities uh, within the United States as well as abroad. And she is um, a graduate of the University of Illinois where she earned her Bachelor's of Arts in um, History and Social Studies. And later on, she earned her Master of Arts in Education and Education Leadership from Walden University. And after that, she went ahead and earned her EDS. So we're going to learn today about how, first of all, what an EDS is and how Bianca was inspired to pursue earning her EDS and where the EDS falls in the spectrum, like where, where is it? Is it a doctorate? Is it kind of a doctorate? Um, it's beyond a master's, of course, but we're going to learn about that as we chat with her today. Bianca and I do a little bit of reminiscing about um, eating over open flames in South Korea. So you might find that interesting. Uh, you may have even experienced that yourself. So uh, we we reminisce in the, about that, but we also talk about her current assignment and what she's working on as a contractor, a uh, part-time contractor as a fast instructor. And she'll explain all that as we, as we get into, um, to what we're doing today. I also want to note that Bianca is also a mother of multiples. So she had her first child as a singleton and then she had twins, which is the exact opposite of me. I had twins and then I had a singleton. So if you're a parent of multiples, I'm sure you'll appreciate that as well. We don't talk about that as much, but um, we do acknowledge that that is in fact the case. Oh, one other thing I want to mention about Bianca, because I I did meet her um, through the military, but I do want to, to let, let everybody know that she's been an army wife for over 18 years. And her husband and I were in the same unit, not working directly together, but we were in the same battalion in the army. So through, through her husband, who was my peer, I met, I met her. So it's been a long time ago. All right. Anyhow, I digress. Let's just get on with it, right? Okay. Welcome to Doc Talk, where we discuss all things doctoral. Been there, done that? Then we want to hear from you. Want to be there? Want to do that? Then this is the place to be. Still trying to figure it all out? Yeah, so am I. So come on, let's do this. Let's venture beyond a master's. Good to see you and talk to you in real life. <laughs> I know, right? In real time. Right, right. Do you look very nice? We are not right, videoing. That. That's okay. okay. It's okay. I just didn't want you to be like, oh my gosh. Um, I haven't gotten to the video thing yet. I just stick with my one platform instead of trying to monitor and keep up with a YouTube. I mean, I have a YouTube channel, but I, yeah, I just want to focus on one thing. So anyway, we're just audio. Uh, let's see. I didn't know what to expect. So I was just yeah, preparing for should, all the above. I should. Oh, you could have left your pearls on. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's kind of good. I was. That was just whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, no, no. So you have an EDS. 
Yes. Okay. So as I was reading like your background and our correspondence, I was like, ooh, you know, there's a lot about this that I do not know. Um, mm-hmm. So if, tell us, how did you get to to that point? Tell us about your a little bit about your educational background and how you decided to go for your EDS and what the EDS is. Maybe we'll start. All there. right. Awesome. Let's get into it. So um, for me, uh, my journey to an uh, EDS, which is a specialist degree, really began along um, alongside just me getting into my teaching profession. Uh, I have been in education for 15 years plus and not all related to classroom instruction, but also impacting education from uh, different arenas. Uh, as well from professional development uh, to working in adult education. And uh, for me, early on, I did focus my career in the uh, classroom, working uh, first as a substitute teacher, then making my way into um, my own classroom at a middle school. Uh, Well, actually at a high school level initially, but I am certified middle school, high school social studies. And so along that journey, I encountered um, several administrators who I greatly admired, and um, they had this title behind their name, uh, which was EDS. And I inquired, like, what is this EDS? I've heard of doctorate. I've heard of having a master's, but I hadn't seen EDS before. And so I was very intrigued by what it was. And so I had a mentor at a middle school that I worked at where I was um, working at first as an alternative school instructor, and then uh, took on a classroom, a seventh grade social studies classroom. And uh, she explained to me that it's a specialist degree. And I said, oh, okay. I like seeing that EDS behind her name. And um, for me at the time, I had just completed uh, my master's in education leadership studies. And I knew that at some point I wanted to advance my learning and education and advance my um, degree status in education, but I didn't know if I wanted to achieve the doctorate just yet. And so um, as I did more research on the specialist degree, again, I'd already had my master's and my master's was in education leadership and it was a certificated program, which gave me a um, certificate to be an administrator which means that I can go into a school and take on a leadership role as an assistant principal or principal. And so as I thought about advancing my studies, and this came about, I would say, um, about 10 years into being an educator and, you know, already having my master's, I knew I wanted to advance my level of study, but I didn't want another master's. And so as I thought about my path and journey at um, a higher level of learning, I didn't feel I was ready for a doctorate just yet. And so I decided to do more research on specialist degrees. And I was also trying to figure out what field did I want to study in, in terms of advancing my uh, education and learning. And I'd already had, again, a master's in education administration. And I felt like, you know, in terms of my career, that was kind of the pinnacle of where you can go in terms of your learning and in terms of um, my career ambition. And so I was like, okay, how can I diversify myself? And so as I looked at specialist programs, I came across a program at Walden University, 
where they um, had a specialist degree in educational technology. And so for me, I said, wow, this is marrying two things that I wanted to achieve, which was a higher uh, status of degree in education and learning and my own professional development, but also enabling me to diversify myself in a way where I could apply more uh, technology education into uh, my everyday uh, teaching, as well as to grow the professional learning of others that I worked with. And so at that time, I had moved from working in a middle school setting to uh, moving overseas and working at a high school level. And the school that I was at was a one-to-one laptop school. And I hadn't heard of that uh, until we, uh, I encountered this uh, within this job opportunity. And this was um, back in about uh, 2011, well, actually 2012. And so at that time, technology and education was still kind of experimental. Uh, it was still cutting edge in terms of actually giving kids laptops. This is different from where we are today in terms of uh, things being virtual, in terms of learning. It was kind of just at the beginning cusp of really advancing having computers in the classroom. And so um, at this time, I was in South Korea. And South Korea, in many ways, is um, a, a goalpost in, in, in learning for what's taking place in the United States. And uh, South Korea is really advanced in some of the things that they're applying to uh, the way in which they advance education and learning. And so uh, for them to have one-to-one laptop programs, and this was back in uh, 2012, just really gives you an idea of how advanced the learning they are in comparison to what we've been doing in the United States. And, And we're getting there, don't get me wrong, the United States has great minds in education, Uh, innovative minds in education, and we are definitely diversifying the field as it relates to virtual learning uh, in today's society, for sure. Um, But back then, it was still kind of uh, something that was unique. It was something that was more privy to some private institutions versus being more mainstream in public education to what we're seeing today. And so um, at the time, again, uh, looking into the specialist program, I was already working in a high-tech school. And so for me to advance my learning uh, with this uh, pursuit of a specialist degree in educational technology is really what uh, enabled me to uh, achieve the goal of earning a specialist degree, as well as enabling me to diversify myself in the education field as it relates to being competitive uh, for opportunities in leadership, which is something that um, I'm looking to actually secure and to um, continue working in. Yeah, great. That's a that's a great uh a great overview. Thank you for breaking that breaking that down. So, that 2012 time, we were in South Korea at the same time. Yes. yes. Yeah, tell us the school, the name of the school that you were teaching in there. Uh during that time, I was um blessed and I say blessed to have the opportunity to work at um a Christian international school called the Yongsan International School of Seoul. Nice. Yeah, I remember you um yeah, I I remember you teaching there. I mean, I didn't I'd never been there, but I remember the time that we were there and you were teaching yes. there. And I'd come down on the weekends whenever I had my uh my reserve yes. army reserve drill. <laughs> yes. Since we lived further north, but uh mm-hmm. cool. Good. So that that sounds like a great um I think you used the term marrying. It was a good marrying of of 
what you experienced in that school, the technology and where that mm-hmm. technology stood there in Korea and helping you decide, well, wow, maybe it's the the technology piece or that I need to pursue. Yes. So that mm-hmm. especially to diversify myself in education field. Yeah, yeah, so it had an influence influence on where what you decided to do in a positive way. In a positive yes. way. Oh, and, very much so. And then of course you're thinking back, it sounds like you were thinking back to um that mentor you talked about and you like seeing that EDS at the end of her name. What was the time yes. span between the time you worked with her initially and you you recognize that, wow, there's something special. She's got a title. And then when you actually decided to do that yourself. Oh, good question. Um, So I would say um, that I left that position. um, This would have been a school in Missouri at in 2007 Mm -hmm. and 2012. So that was about five years difference. And I secured my, um, master's degree about by about 2006 so um we're talking about a span of like five to six years between me finishing my master's and seeing that eds title to me actually beginning my pursuit of the um, specialist degree i did not join the program i believe it was until about uh 2013 so that's when i actually started the program all right. And have you been in touch with that individual to let her know or him know where I think you mentioned it was a female. Anyway, have you been in touch with him or her since then? Do they know what, what you've done? Yes. Um, so um, this woman uh, and I don't think she'll mind me saying her name. She is my men- uh, mentor for me in the field. And her name is Dr. Today now, uh, Sherry Thomas. Oh, and, um, <laughs> now you got to go get that. <laughs> Well, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, she is the one who I I first really saw in a tangible way um, the the specialist title, and you know, set me down to help me understand what it was, and that stuck with me. And so I continue to keep in touch with her today. She is a great mentor and friend in the field of education, and an esteemed um, educator herself, and awarded educator. And so. Um, I'm glad to have had her as someone who I could see along my journey. Oh, that's as a, a that's teacher. great. And what is her what is her doctorate and what did she end up doing? I don't know the details for that, honestly. I may have to uh, get that back to you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I thought I'd thought I'd ask just out of curiosity to see, like, in what maybe six some years, five years, if that's what you end up doing. I don't know. That'd be kind of neat, right? Uh, we'll have to see. I don't think hers is in the technology path. Okay. Um, uh, I believe it may have something more to do with leadership, but I'm going to definitely get with her to get the the for sure details on that. All the deets. <laughs> is, that what, right. is that what people say? All the deets? I guess. <laughs> I am not sure. Honestly, <laughs> Allison, today's jargon among um, society. Young people. I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so different because we have two different types of jargon. You have jargon that we use on the internet, right. which is different than the, the short, jargon the shorthand that we stuff. speak, yes. right? which is different from the jargon that we speak. And so I'm so lost in the sauce with jargon and what's hip in these days. Like, <laughs> honestly, it will take me having to be back in a classroom to really hear what the kids are saying about what's the latest. Because I, especially, you know, we've only been back in the States now 
for two years. And so having spent three years in Italy, you know, Italy is not hip on the jargon. <laughs> and what's happening in the United States? So coming back here, um, I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like, so I think they can do a whole sentence in just shorthand, like texting shorthand. Yes. I, like, oh, what is that? I have a, actually, I, I almost wore it, not for any particular reason, but I, I have a shirt that I got from, I think I got it from Goodwill or something. I found it there looking at stuff. And it's the periodic table of texting. Now, even that might be dated, but it has like everything on there. It looks like the periodic table of elements, but it tells you like the shorthand and then underneath it, it says what it means. So sometimes I've actually had to look at that and be like, what is, what is that? I don't use that. Yeah. It's, it's so different. And like, as you point out, it changes, right? So we think we got it down and here comes something brand new. And you're like, what is that? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. So, um, you know, it, as you were laying out the timeline, Bianca, I was thinking about how long I've known you. And yeah. I think that's longer than you have been teaching. Um, actually, yes. Yeah, yes. I did. I did a little You're math. Right. I did a little math. I think I've got I think I've <laughs> okay, got four years. Oh, <laughs> I think I've got four years. I don't know. You can you could because I think I met you around maybe 2002, 2003. Yes. 2002. Yep. Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. And you were still finishing school. I sure was. Your undergrad. Yes, I was. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Now you're giving me some of your age away. Be careful. Oh, I know. I know. That's okay. As long as people still card me, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. Yeah. So we've um, known each other for a long time. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Almost two decades. Yep. Oh yes. my gosh, that's crazy. So yeah, I, by my calculation, it's 19 years. Okay. Um, yeah, yep. roughly. And we've grown our families together, all of that. Yes. Yes, we sure have. Wow. We've had some interesting journeys along the way. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. Oh my goodness. Jeju Island. Remember that? The trip to Jeju Which, Island? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Jeju Island. Um, Was it? Mike's birthday or Vince's birthday? Who's birthday? Um, it was in the summer. We had an anniversary. Anniversary. I know we had our anniversary. Anniversary. That's that right. I knew it was time. something. It was something like that. I just remember. Yeah, Mike I, and I, we hit 10 years that year. That year. I just remember the, like, I think it was mostly Bryn. She wouldn't sit down on that tiny little plane. Like, remember we had to wait for a long time for the plane. And I just remember on the plane, it was like, a two an hour flight or something and the girl would not sit down i was like please just stop please just stop she was like i don't know two not even two yet she was one something i don't know anyway i remember the orange juice did it spill i don't No, it didn't spill it's just it was that's the drink they gave us because we were going to jeju and jeju is known for their oranges i don't oh. know if you remember the korean jeju oranges um, I don't so remember that. they were unique to the island. Yeah. And re- so, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and so they served us the orange juice on the way down. Oh, and it was in a cup, wasn't it? Yes. It was, I think mm-hmm. it was getting knocked all over the place. If I don't, if I recall correctly, I, the one thing I remember about Jeju was the black pork. I think by that time I had yes. stopped eating 
meat for health reasons. And I was going on that whole food plant-based diet. Um, and I remember I'm like, gosh, I have, I just want to taste a little bit just to say I tasted it. But I think when we went to that one restaurant where they were serving it, I was primarily focused on like the mushrooms and all that stuff. But I used to love, I love, I remember that. You remember that? I was like, oh, I have to try some black pork. (laughs) But I, I, I just love that open flame eating. Yes. I miss that. I really do. So if, if for listeners, if you're not familiar, if you haven't been to South Korea, um, and you probably haven't been to North Korea, I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, they eat over an open flame. Like you just go to a restaurant and the, the ladies or the men, typically it's the ladies who will come out and they'll, you know, cook the meat right in front of you, or you can turn it yourself depending on where you are. And I think in the U.S. they'd probably consider it a, a fire hazard, um, so they wouldn't let probably wouldn't oh, let they have do it. it. It's called Korean barbecue. They still do it here. Korean barbecue mm-hmm. in the cool way that we used to do it there. Yes, on the floor, even. Well, not the floor. Okay, but um, you you definitely have your your seating and you have the meat cooked in front of you. Yes, and you can like turn it and everything well here the um restaurant workers definitely do more of that but okay um, but they have especially if you you know are you know typically americans don't know the tradition behind that of how to cook it so that's why they go ahead and cook it for you that's funny. Uh, most definitely that's so funny you know it's so <laughs> i used to walk around with a little dictionary <laughs> Because I wanted to be able to like say things, and yes, she I, did. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, I remember. You, I think <laughs> yeah, you, you taught me mul, mul chuseo. You taught me caca chuseo. Discount, please. <laughs> Discount, please. Um, but I used to walk around this little dictionary, and I had what was it? I was sitting somewhere. I had gone somewhere, and it was by myself. And I was coming home, and I wanted to grab something to eat. It was one of those rare occasions where Vince had the girls, and I was coming back. I remember the setting. But I went in and I, oh gosh, what was the word? I wanted to say, like, I don't want a lot of fat on my meat. Like, not a lot of, and I, whatever word I used, I think the word was chibang, but it wasn't like, ani, ani chibang, like no, no fat. But gosh, whatever it was, they were confused because I was like, no fat, no fat. They were like, this is meat. This is meat. But I was like, I don't want fat on the meat. (laughs) A lot of fat on the meat. Whatever it was, I was misusing the word, but they understood the word, but it was in the wrong context. I'll have to go back and look at that. Whatever it was, it was just really funny. And they didn't understand what I was saying, but I wanted to get my point across. And I didn't in that moment. But I'm like, but this says fat. This says fat. I don't want any fat. <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's see here. Um, you mentioned earlier when we were uh, corresponding that right now you are involved with adult education with the military. Can you tell us, um, tell us more about that? What is, what does that look like? What do you do? Where do you do it? Awesome. Um, right now I am, uh, one of my jobs, (laughs) I am a part-time, uh, fast instructor, which is also known as the BSEP program in the army, which is the basic skills education program. I am a contractor 
And um, in my contractor status, I basically uh, work with service members. I have to say service members. It is an Army-run program, but we do offer services to um, various branches in the military. And um, basically, it is a program to help enhance the uh, GT scores of service members so that they can uh, enlist as service members so that they can have opportunities um, beyond their current scoring that will enable them to either pursue um, uh, a career at the, in the officer ranks or take on a new job as a warrant officer or change their job within the uh, Army in particular. And so uh, basically your GT score is the score that you get when you take the ASVAB uh, prior to entering the military. And once you enter the military that becomes that number becomes your GT score, and it basically is a set number that dictates how you can navigate your career within the army in particular. And so, the only way to advance yourself if your GT score is below a 110 is to retake that test until you can score over 110 or until you can increase your other uh, scoring to get into the job that you are seeking. And so um, I am blessed as a military spouse to work in this program. I love working with our service members and uh, it's been a, a really rewarding experience. And I, the program is about uh, 60 hours out of a given month. And um, once they complete the 60 hours, then they are released from the program. And uh, based upon my recommendation, are free to take the test as they see fit. It's called the AFCT test uh, once they join a the uh, a Army. AFCT? Yes, AFCT. Okay, Alpha Foxtrot Charlie Tango? Yes. Okay, so um, so right now, okay, so you do, it's called BSEP, Basic yes. Skills Education Program, and you, as a contractor, you head, you kind of, you head that up there at, um, oh gosh, tell me the fort. Yes. Um, well, it's, it's regional to uh, Virginia. Actually, I service um, service members and soldiers in particular from Fort Myer, Fort Belvoir, oh. uh, Fort Meade. Even I have some uh, soldiers who participate from Fort Lee. So oh, well, right that, now that's a hall. we are. That's a hall. Yeah. Do they go so, TDY? To, do they do a TDY to do that? No, right now we're virtual. So oh, that is yeah. what makes this um, yeah. even more accessible. So um, because of that technology background, um, I was able to launch a program virtually and to offer this program on a virtual platform. So we are kind of the few virtual um, sites, I would say, within this, this DMV uh, NCAP region. And where, what is your site? Where do you physically go if, when you have to go in? Um, we are based out of Fort Myer. Fort Myer. Okay. So just geographically speaking for folks who aren't unfamiliar with um, the Virginia geography, if the folks at Fort Lee had to travel, which I'm, they'd probably put them on TDY if it's like 60 hours, they wouldn't have them. Well, you know what? I've seen dumber things happen before. So I have seen people have to travel every day <laughs> from different places just to do something. And which actually ends up costing the army a lot more money than if they just put them up in a hotel rather than having them travel every day back and forth. So uh, Fort Lee is down just south of Richmond. 
um, down in the Petersburg, Virginia area. And that is what is about two hours up two and a half, three hours up to where you are. It's about two hours. Um, I would say without traffic, without traffic, maybe two and a half. Yeah. With traffic. If you're flying on the back of a goose, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The traffic is like beastly up there. Yeah, so to get to Fort Meyer from Fort Lee, they would have to do 95 traffic and then do the DC traffic on top of the <laughs> to get it's that Arlington Pentagon traffic, the second set. But uh, we're only offering to Fort Lee through virtual means. Okay. Um, the farthest I have had a service member um, have to travel from is Fort Meade. Um, so that's about an hour okay, that they would have to come the to be serviced. Maryland the area. program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so- it's a free program by the army for those who are looking to increase their scoring. Um, you know, check with their local education center and they should be able to um, sign up with approval from their command uh, to take the class if it's something they need. Excellent. And so they, it, through that class, they learn how to increase their GT score. Yeah, it's it's a refresher course on math and reading skills to uh, further aid them in their quest to um, increase that GT score from its current standing. Gotcha. And then you mentioned um, the AFCT. That is the once you're in the military and you retake the test, that's the test name? Yes. So um, outside being a part of the Army officially is ASFAB. And then once you enter into the military, it's called AFCT. Ah, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for breaking that down. I wasn't familiar. Um, I'm unfamiliar with the AFCT. ASVAB, I, I'm familiar with, but the other one, I'm not. So thanks. That's good. Now, um, future study. So right now you've got your specialist degree in education technology. Actually, but before we talk about the future study, I I want to ask you, if you had to, Bianca... Um, if you had to draw a picture of what an EDS looks like on the, like an illustrative, if you had to illustrate that to someone in a, in picture form, if you had to draw a little picture of where the EDS lies in terms of the masters and a doctorate, what would that look like? How, what would, yeah, I, I'm, I have an idea as to what I think it would be, but can you, can you kind of give an idea as to where in the grand scheme of things, the EDS lies? So if we're looking at a pyramid, okay, I'm going to go with the triangular pyramid uh, shaped figure for those who are listening on the line. Okay. Um, it will not be at the peak. The peak would be a doctorate. Okay. But right below that peak of your pyramid or triangle you're looking at will be the specialist degree. So the specialist degree is a doctoral level of study. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with what it is. And so um, it can, um, it typically is achieved after your master's degree, but before a doctorate degree. Okay. So you are taking doctoral level classes and you are just short of your statistics and dissertation courses. So it's, it's really more of the content level courses that you complete. Um, just short of getting the statistical study that's needed for a doctorate level degree and the actual dissertation of the doctor, the doctoral level study that you're completing. 
Okay. No, great. Thank you for, thanks for breaking that down. Um, when I was trying to come up with what I thought it looked like, I like your pyramid description, but I was thinking like a little bridge, you know, you got one side, you've got the doctor. Yeah. And then it's like, I think the EDS is that segue between what you've already done and it's in route to the, uh, to the pinnacle of that pyramid, but over the little bridge to get to the doctorate. So no, thank you. Um, now how, so it sounds like you've done a portion of the work. Yes. Now, is there, okay, now, I'm assuming, well, I shouldn't assume, but since you've done a portion of the work, is there a time gap or a limit? Can you apply what you've done already towards a doctorate? Or are they like, oh, after two years, nope, you got to start over again. How does that work? No. uh, So at Wilder University, I can only speak for the university where my degree was conferred from. But at Walden, they give you seven years between the time that you finish your specialist degree to um, pursue and apply that level of study to an actual doctorate, to complete your doctorate. Okay, okay. So, go ahead. No, that's that's great. I was just wondering, because, you know, you, you hear a lot of folks say, hey, I've done this certificate, I've done that certificate, and I can apply it towards something larger. But Mm -hmm. then the question is, well, how long is that good, right? So, you've got seven years through Walden. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add on that in terms of me pursuing my um, doctorate, I think it's about two more years of study estimated that I would need in order to get my doctorate. Oh, okay. All right. So I know we asked earlier, but do you see that on the horizon? Like, as you break all this down, you're like, man, I've done all that work. Like. Well, this is I'm coming this is off my <laughs> This is coming from someone who has not achieved any level of doctorate education. So I'm just it's so easy to talk about it on this side. <laughs> Understood. Um honestly, um right now I am uh still paying off my loan from mm-hmm. completing my um uh specialist degree and I don't know that I want to get a doctorate in educational technology, I don't know what added value. So at a certain point, you gotcha. have to think about at this level of study, what is the added value to the goal you're trying to pursue? And so for me, um, given my background in having a um, admin certificate in level of study, uh, again, being able to be a principal or administrator, and now I have my EDS in educational technology, the doors of opportunity are available to me, um, but what would be the added value in me getting a doctorate in it? I'm not sure right. in terms of how I would utilize that beyond what I already have. Um, for me to kind of advance myself educationally, I mean, I will really have to get more technical in the weeds of educational technology in terms of not just having an instructional mindset for educational technology, but also having a a a more technical hardware mindset for technology. And so I think that I don't know that that would be the pursuit at a doctoral level to add that added value that I was talking about. So if I were to pursue something, it would, it would really have to be more leadership in terms of enabling me to maybe be a superintendent and work more at a superintendent level, um, which would veer me from technology um, path. So I think for me right now, as it relates to my uh, professional journey, I think it's best for me to just 
stick with my specialist. And then if I want to pursue a doctorate, it will have to be more at leadership at a superintendent level. Yeah. And I don't know that I can just veer my course of study in that direction as it is. Gotcha. um, Honestly. Yeah. But I am willing to get feedback from your viewers for those who are in the educational field. If you see how I connect (laughs) all the dots. Yeah, to, you know, pursue and have that added value. I welcome their feedback and thoughts on how to pursue this. But I mean, at a certain point, you have to be strategic about, you know, where your money is being spent, your time and energy and, and how that's going to impact your overall ar- arching goal and where you want to head in terms of your career. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, the money piece, there's, a, there are a lot of factors that go into it. So like I said, I can sit over here and, and say all these awesome fun things like, Oh, well, you could do that. Look at everything you've already done. You certainly could go for that. But I'm not the one doing it, right? You've got all these other things you're thinking about. You're thinking about um, financing and paying off what you've already done. And you're thinking about time and what you already committed to and family. And yeah, so there are a lot of, um, a lot of variable, well, not just variables, but components, things that you have to consider that it's a lot easier for me to say than to do. <laughs> I hear you on that. <laughs> this is your host, Allison Marchine, and I'm so glad you were here. And I'm looking forward to the next time. Let's do this again.